I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. After the Apocalypse, a pandemic survival story. Season 2, Episode 9, Reunion. Bella watched as a big dog pushed his head into the old man's lap. The dog was wiggling its butt like a puppy, and the old man was pretending to be mad. No, the old man said, looking away from the supplicant dog, who was vigorously nuzzling him. You didn't listen to me. You could have gotten yourself killed. The dog gave a big push, and the old man slipped out of the chair, sprawling onto the linoleum floor. Bill pounced on the old man as he fell to the ground and licked his face. The old man put his hands up for protection and laughed despite himself. Bella started laughing, too. The dog would not be denied. That dog was a ball of love when he wasn't working. She turned to survey the scene. It was starting to look homey here. There was washed clothing hanging on the line outside. The trash had been cleaned up, the place had been swept, and there was a line of portageons on the other side of the courtyard that they had dragged over from the ball fields. Mags and Brad were bent over maps at the folding table. The kids were playing some sort of game with an old basketball. Timmy was instructing them on the rules of the game like some sort of celebrity coach. They were all glad to have him back. Bella wished she could bottle these good moments. Amidst all the chaos and death of the past six months, these moments of peace were a godsend. She made a note to be grateful for today. She made a mental image and filed it away for future use. She took a deep breath and smiled. The new girl, Willie, was standing off to the side in the corner looking at her hand. Bella called to her. Come over here and let me take a look at that. No, I'm okay, Willie said, looking at the window as if distracted and putting her hands in her pockets. Bella invoked her nurse voice and said again with authority, Come over here and let me look at that. You don't want to get an infection. Willie gave her a look that was equal parts suspicious and thoughtful, but slowly walked over and proffered the injured hand. What happened? Bella said, looking at the smile-shaped bruise. That kid bit me, Willie said with a shrug. Bella praised the injury and said, Skin's not broken. You should be okay. But then added with a warm smile and a wink, You may need a rabies shot. Yeah, thanks. Willie said, Is this all of you? Gesturing to the room, Bella darkened a bit and replied, Yes, this is all that's left. Willie thought about it and said, Four people, five kids, and a dog. That's not much. Bella held the girl's hand and looked her in the eye with a warm smile. Well, we've got you now, though, don't we, dear? 
Willie rolled her eyes. The old man struggled to untangle himself from Bill's ministrations on the floor. Jeez, dog, quit it! You smell terrible! Of course, he was glad to have the dog back in his life, but the damned dog had almost gotten himself killed again today. The old man held the dog's big head in his two hands, looked into Bill's eyes, and the events of the day came rushing back. He and Brad followed that muffled noise around the building. The old man fought an urge to get the hell out of there. Who knew what they were walking into? And he had to keep an eye on the awkward Brad. This could go sideways in a hurry. Brad had his commemorative baseball bat at the ready, trying to look tough. The old man had his crossbow ready as well as they cautiously worked their way around the building yard. That annoying Brad chattered nervously about wild dogs, coyotes, and wolves. It was clear to the old man that Brad did not have survival skills. Brad couldn't get by on his own. He'd survived on the good graces of others. Right now, what he needed was for Brad to be quiet and not be a liability. The best he could muster was a terse, Shut up! Be alert! It was a tense moment. Looking back on it, somebody could have easily made a mistake. He made a mental note to ask Mags about how they handled these sorts of things in the military to prevent friendly fire incidents. The old man and Brad approached what looked like a pile of trash on the ground beside the building. There was a sheet of discarded corrugated metal. They didn't see anything obvious at first, but as they got closer, the noises were coming from that spot where the metal sheet lay on the ground. It sounded like some sort of trapped animal. The sheet of metal moved as if being bumped from below. There were muffled, angry animal noises. His logical brain told him it was just another raccoon or something. Only bigger, the local wildlife was getting aggressive in the apocalypse. But somewhere in the back of his mind was a feeling that something wasn't right. He motioned to Brad to stand at one side of the sheet and trained his weapon at the place where whatever this was would likely come shooting out at them. It was only later that he'd pieced together what was going on inside, after he had spoken to the boy and that new girl. They painted the picture for him of what it was like under there. The dog was going apeshit trying to get out. The girl didn't know who was outside. She was convinced she was trapped by bad men, that they had found her and would kill her. She was trying to get the dog to be quiet, to the point of pulling her knife and threatening to kill Bill if he didn't relax. The boy was crying. The dog was facing her off, snarling and trying to bash his way out of the hole. From what he had gathered, it was pure bedlam. From the old man and Brad's perspective, they just saw a potentially dangerous situation and a thrashing pile of trash. The old man was on edge. He was ready for the worst, with his finger on the trigger and adrenaline rushing through his system. Brad looked terrified and overwhelmed. Then they saw some fur and a snout poking out through the gap. There was a snarling animal scrambling to get out, to get to them. Brad nervously stepped in with his bat, ready to take a bash at whatever it was. The old man focused on what he could see of the animal and squeezed the trigger of his crossbow tighter. In that split second, it hit the old man like a thunderclap, that thing that was nagging at him in the back of his mind. He jerked the weapon up, sending a bolt glancing off the metal. 
He turned to Brad and yelled, Stop! Brad looked confused, but backed off. The old man remembered the rush of odd emotions and thought, Could it be? And then out loud, Yes! I'll be damned! It's that damned dog! They were shocked to see part of Bill's head out and the rest of him struggling mightily. The big dog was stuck somehow. The old man rushed forward and yelled at Brad, Grab a side and lift this up. The damn piece of metal wouldn't lift. It was stuck somehow. They managed to bend a corner of the metal enough for Bill to wiggle free. Other than being dirty, the dog seemed unhurt. Bill bounced around like a rodeo bull in his happiness to see the old man, but something wasn't quite right. He was acting agitated. Good to see you, too, the old man blurted. Brad said something stupid like, It's not a raccoon. But there was something off with the dog. He was dancing around and barking at the metal sheet. How the hell did you get stuck in there? The old man asked the dog. The dog continued to bounce around on the metal sheet, pawing at it and barking sharply. His feet made a banging noise like notes on a metal drum. Meanwhile, down below, Timmy had recognized the voices and tried to call for help, but the girl had grabbed him and covered his mouth with her hand to keep him quiet. His muffled cries were totally drowned out by the dog's yipping and dancing. The boy tried to get the point across to the girl that it was okay, but it was dark. She was scared, and he finally had to bite her hand to get free long enough to scream, Hey, mister, it's me, Timmy. The old man could hear the shouting, but the words were muffled. It's okay, was all he could think to shout back. He still didn't know what or who was in the hole, but he reasoned that if the dog was with him, it was probably okay. Willie was still in fight-or-flight mode, but she knew they had been discovered, and the boy was able to convince her to trust him and to unwire the trap door. It was quite a startling and exciting moment for the old man to find not only the dog, but the boy and this new girl. At first, Willie didn't want to have anything to do with him, but with the boy's help, they were able to talk her into coming back to the camp. It had been a harrowing near-miss that could have ended differently. It could have gone horribly wrong. But today, the universe had smiled on them all. Now, with this big old slobbery head in his hands, the old man had his friend back. He untangled himself from the dog on the floor and stood up. Zitz, he said in German to the dog, and Bill dutifully sat. Plots! He continued, and the dog quickly laid down, looking happily up at the old man. Sure, you listen now, the old man said and bent over to give the big dog's haunches a loving slap pat. Mags called him over. He looked at the dog and searched his memory for the correct German word from the manual. Finally, he remembered and held a hand up to the dog, saying, Bleib! Bill laid his head on his paws and relaxed. He was tired from all the excitement, too. What was all that about? Mags asked as the old man approached. Bill's a soldier, a military dog, he said with a shrug. She filed this curious fact away for future consideration and went on. Brad was telling me that the bridge is totally unusable. Yeah, half of it's gone and a lot of the riverbank on the far side as well. What else did you find? Anything useful? She continued. No, not much, he answered, but then caught himself. 
You mean besides Timmy, Bill, and the mystery girl over there? Mag smiled warmly. Yeah, besides them. Mostly just scrub brush and old factories along the side, he thought back. There was a lot of activity on the other side of the river. Looked like they were burning the buildings and shooting at something. Mags looked thoughtful. I think we're okay here for a little while, but if those guys find a way to cross the river, we can't be here when they show up. She looked back down at the map. We need supplies, and Brad says that before the virus hit, there were a lot of stuff over here in this distribution center area. Food, medical supplies, clothes, fuel, stuff we need. Why don't we just move everyone over there? The old man replied, looking around. No, not yet, Mag said. We don't know what's over there. We need to do more scouting. Then, looking at the old man, you feel up to it? Do I have to take knucklehead? The old man asked more loudly than it was strictly necessary and looked at Brad. Brad flinched as it slapped. Mags leaned back in her plastic chair and looked at the old man. Brad, can you give us a moment? Brad looked back and forth at them and stood up. Sure, I'll go help Bella. He shuffled off. What's your problem? Mags asked the old man in a straightforward, non-threatening way. I don't have a problem, the old man said defensively. But that kid's a menace. He's clumsy and slow. He won't shut up and he can't keep up. I'm better on my own, especially now that I have the dog back. Mags let that hang in the air while looking hard at the old man. Finally, she began, There's only ten of us left here. We need everyone. How about instead of avoiding the kid, you teach him? Take him under your wing. I was doing just fine on my own. I don't need another project. He's the weak link here. Why should it be my problem? Because if any of us is going to survive, we need that weak link to be stronger. A chain is only as strong... As its weakest link, the old man completed, making her phrase sound trite with his inflection. Mags ignored him and kept going. A team is only as strong as its weakest player. Like it or not, your survival and our survival depends on Brad. Mags, I'm only here because circumstances threw us together. I was on my way to find my son. I need to get back on the road. Fine, but until that time comes... You're part of this unit, and we need to work together if any of us are going to survive, especially if you're not planning on staying. She had a beseeching tone now. For our group to survive without you, we need Brad. You can keep complaining or own it. Which do you think better supports our mission here? Can you commit to helping us, helping yourself, and helping Brad? The old man leaned back in his chair and looked at the ceiling. Finally... He let out a long breath and looked back at Mags. Fine, he said. I'll take him with me. Mags, considering the matter settled, smiled and patted the old man's knee, then called Brad and Willie over. You two, I have a mission for you. Willie looked guarded. Brad seemed enthusiastic. Mags continued. I need you to go find the keys to the buses. Then see if you can get them started. She paused and looked at Brad. If we get them started, you can drive them. Right, Brad? Absolutely, Brad said with a vigorous head nod. Great. Once you get them started, report back and we'll figure out how to drive them out a little ways and block some of these roads. She pointed to the map. We're not going to get surprised again.
Got it? Got it, Brad reported. Willie, you go with him and watch his sex, okay? Mags paused, looked at Willie and asked, You know what that means. Willie replied deadpan. In the military, six refers to the position of an analog watch number. It means behind you. She finished, maybe a little too smugly. Mags raised an eyebrow. She'd have to watch this one. Can you do it? She repeated. Willie shrugged noncommittally. Sure, and followed Brad out the door. Mags returned her attention to the map and the old man. Idle hands are the devil's workshop, she said with a wink. Tracing the route from the school to the distribution center, she asked, How long will it take you to get over there? Looks like about six miles, give or take, the old man considered. Normally, I'd give myself ninety minutes, but with Wonder Boy in tow, let's say two or two and a half hours, assuming no major obstacles. Okay, that's cutting it too close for a day trip. The days are short this time of year. Why don't you plan to take two days? Get over there, scout around, and get back. That sounds like a reasonable plan, the old man said. We'll roll out in the morning. I'll take Bill and the kid, Mags leaned in. Listen, I just want you to know you're doing good work here. You saved our lives. You're making a difference, and I'm personally grateful and very glad to have you. Yeah, okay, thanks. The old man grumbled, a bit embarrassed, but feeling the unmistakable warmth of her praise despite himself. The old man lay on a rumpled blanket and stared up at a quarter moon, bright in the winter sky. A peppering of stars spread across the Milky Way as if painted there with a long, sparkling brush stroke. With the city lights extinguished, the stars shone in their natural, unencumbered brilliance. The same stars that Socrates and Plato had seen, that all men in the history of this world had dreamt about. Those stars would shine on long after the last humans had winked out of existence. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, my survivor friends, and welcome back to the apocalypse. 
In this episode, I wanted to give all y'all a bit of a breather from all the tension and action. That last episode where KJ has to escape across the river, it was just harrowing, harrowing, death, destruction, fear, tension, cats and dogs living together, real end-of-the-world stuff. And my editors and I, we had a multi-day discussion as to whether she would bring her boots with her. Tim said, you know, she should tie her boots around her neck. But I just couldn't see how she could swim with the boots around her neck. And I rewrote it three times. I tried to compromise. I mean, long-distance swimmers actually have these waterproof floaty bags that they put stuff in and then they tie those to their ankles. But it was starting to get really complex and awkward. So I sent them a text that read, I don't care about the bleep bleep boots. So that's a running joke between us now. <laughs> I don't care about the boots. But what happened to the boots? I figure in Hollywood, in the Hollywood version of this story, you know, when they make a big movie and I become a billionaire, this scene will give them an excuse to have the heroine take her clothes off, right? And of course, by the time Hollywood's done with it, there will be sea monsters and laser beams and aliens and stuff, right? So anyhow, I wanted to take it easy on you this week, and I gave you that, that tense reunion scene as a flashback. <laughs> so you would already know the outcome, and it wouldn't require so much stress on your part. You know, it's the holidays. So much stress already. You don't need more stress from me. And then we got them all back together at the school... A bit of a holiday gathering, if you will. The security of the group. The gathering. Not the quickening, the gathering. And it's odd how strangers can come together for a common purpose in times of crisis, right? We see this all the time. We see people who in normal times wouldn't have given each other a second glance. We see them pull together when things get weird. Which reminds me of a quote... <laughs> Hunter S. Thompson, when the going gets weird, the weird turn pro. You wouldn't find anyone more suited for the apocalypse than Dr. Hunter S. Thompson. He loved alcohol, narcotics, and guns, and hated authority. And he was a really good writer as well. If you have never read Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, then you should put that on your list. At the time, in the late 60s, when this story was first serialized in Rolling Stone, it created a sensation. It was a new type of journalism that blended reality with the surreal, and he called it gonzo journalism. And he writes in this weird sort of surreal expression of the now as it's happening. And there have been two pretty good film adaptations of Fear and Loathing. The first was called Where the Buffalo Roam with Bill Murray as Thompson, and the second eponymous title with Johnny Depp and Benicio Del Toro, written and directed by Terry Gilliam of Monty Python fame. Eponymous, by the way, is a lovely little Greek word that in this sense means having the same name as the book. You'll recognize that Greek word for name in there, anima, that you will also find in Words like synonymous, pseudonym, anonymous, and a bunch of other common English words. Anyhow, that period of the late 60s, early 70s, when Thompson was writing, produced an impressive burst 
of creativity. Because culturally, people started to think outside the box, outside the box of the 50s and the 60s. And it was a golden age of sorts with a lot of experimentation. Wow, that was a deep rabbit hole to explore. Just from one offhand quote, I could go on forever, but I won't. Happy holidays to those of you who embrace the winter solstice. That would make a good setting for an apocalypse story, wouldn't it? Times Square on Christmas or New Year's with zombies and Santa outfits. Can you picture that? It would make for some great comic juxtaposition, some great comic scenes. Think about it. Well, we've got 11 more chapters to go in Season 2. I've got it mapped out. Yay! As for updates, we've got 74-plus people in our Facebook group now. A nice little tribe. We've got 53,594 total downloads since our inception this time last year. It's pretty good for a year, because I just checked. And our last trailing 30 days was over 11,500 downloads in that 30-day period. So thank you. Thank you for going into your listening app and giving it a like and a review and whatever else you've done to spread the word because apparently people are finding us and I appreciate it. The first season, I took the manuscript and I am putting it out on Amazon Vela. If you want to read the written version of the show, uh, Amazon Vela is a serialization where each episode is released individually in a series. I've been dropping a new episode every week, and I think I'm up to chapter six, seven, eight, something like that. I'm not sure, but people with Kindle Unlimited can probably read those. So if you have an Amazon subscription of some sort, do me a favor. Go poke at it and let me know what you see, what you think. Uh, Leave a comment or something so I can follow the breadcrumbs. And this is where I don't go off on a 500-word rant about how wonderfully awful the horror story of Hansel and Gretel is. Instead, I'll leave you with a hearty Feliz Navidad and Feliz Nuevo Año, and I will see you in 2022. are on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.